Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, as always. Episode 55 of the Debrief, working our way to the end of the 2019 season, which is, of course, so surreal to say. Already past the Labor Day weekend. Uh, David Cole was trackside at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, it is September the 5th right now, and the Grand Prix will be the focus of today's debrief. Uh, this week's show presented by Croc Promotion USA. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. Croc Promotion USA is the American importer and distributor, and Mad Old Nut Racing is the official race team. We've been on the attack in 2019, and our results speak for themselves. We're winning races and championships and running up front everywhere we go. Croc Promotion USA has momentum. Dedicated and talented young drivers, supported and mentored by team owners who know business and who are passionate about karting. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. Search for us on social media and give us a follow. All right, David Cole, this one's all you. Uh, I was out in Portland for the IndyCar race on the Road to Indy event at Portland International Raceway. Uh, you, however, uh, for what, a 14th straight year, trackside at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Was it 14? Are you sure? I thought it was 15. Is it 15? 2004 15. with up to 2019. 15 years? Yeah. I'm glad you can do math because I do have a degree in that. So I can, I can. Well, that's why I, that's, that's I can why make I up you for, your, for your lack of mathematical skills, right? <laughs> well, it wasn't for your writing skills, that's no, for sure. of course not. It's not for my announcing <laughs> skills, not for my writing skills. No. Nope. Yeah. None nope, of that. None of that. Yeah. It's math. <laughs> I brought you, I brought you along to calculate how much tip we should give when we go for dinner. That's really, that's really it, to be honest. Yeah, but really that's, that's pretty, pretty simple now. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of probably just keeping track of your, uh, your, your math skills while, <laughs> you know, I mean, points, that's a, that's a big thing when you're announcing, so. Let's talk Rock Island Grand Prix, dude. It was a, how was it? Was it a good one? It's Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, it's you know it's been the home for me for the last fifteen years on Labor Day weekend. So I know nothing other than this now. Yep. Um, you know that's almost almost half my life. You know, not quite, but <laughs> almost half. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, you know it the the thing about it was it's it was the twenty fifth running of the event. Uh, it began in nineteen ninety four. It had that first, it had the one year it missed in 97 due to legal battles that it was going through. But it's just, you know, you think Labor Day weekend, you think Rock Island Grand Prix. Agreed. Yeah, no doubt about it. What about, what about weather-wise? I know that uh, in, in my time there, that the 15 years I was the, the, uh, the voice of the event, I had a little bit of rain sometimes. Normally we had really, really, really good weather. Uh, I know, I think in, in watching reports and listening to some of the coverage this weekend, you guys did get hit with a bit of rain. Well, we had a little bit of everything aside from humidity. That was the one thing that I was really glad to see not be there this week, this weekend, uh, because in years past, we've gotten there, you know, that Friday afternoon and we're, you know, either in the parking lot, putting us together a card or, or just getting set up in the paddock after five o'clock when all the streets shut down, it just, the humidity makes you just pour sweat. Yeah. And that's the one thing that we didn't have this weekend. So I was glad, I was glad for that, even though I had, I didn't really have to do any, any wrenching, just the fact that you could sit in the paddock and relax and, and not want to go into the air conditioning was great. Um, 
And then the, the temperatures, so that made the temperatures pretty comfortable, uh, you know, a little bit cooler towards, you know, nighttime and, and, uh, in the morning hours before we got on track. But, um, you know, we did get hit with, uh, with rain Saturday. Um, we were probably about an hour and a half behind schedule. Um, so the last two heat races, um, were canceled because a big heavy rain st- storm came through. So that pushed those two heat races to Sunday morning after the, uh, the, the quick, uh, revised warmup that they, that they had scheduled. Okay. Uh, as we do anytime here, one of our EKN debriefs, uh, we kind of do the overview. We'll start with the overview. And then when we come back after our first break, we'll jump into the paddock pass to cap off the overview, David, let, let's talk numbers because, uh, the one thing about the Rock Island Grand Prix and the fact that it's been going for 25 years is it's been very, very flexible in terms of trying to, you know, in, in its class structure, trying to make sure the class structure kind of, uh, you know, was more indicative of all the, of where people were racing. You know, there was huge days back in the shifter cart days. There was a big tag program at one point. Um, and they really have been evolving, have they not? And, and even this year, they made some adjustments. You know, last year there was no tag class. They brought a tag class back this year. They really have, though, started leaning against leaning more towards the categories that have been able to support the program. And that's, that's in the, in the, in the Briggs 206 classes. Yeah. It's ironic because the, the first two years uh, that I went in 2004 and 2005, those were the largest entry numbers that the event had ever seen. 391 in 04 and then 411 in 2005. And you got to remember it was, it was not as many classes, but they had LCQs and, and all of this, you know, the, the classes sizes were just massive. Um, and as you said, they'd always tried to, to tailor around what was popular at the time. And so yeah. classes that we had then aren't exactly the classes that we have now. Um, you know, there's, there's probably maybe three or four that have maintained um, the stability and being out the Rock Island Grand Prix. So, yeah, number wise, it, you know, it's very tricky because, again, as you know, we went through the the uh the 2008 2009 era of the bad economy and stuff like that so it, it kind of hurt the event and, and as you said just trying to find the niche trying to find the people who want to be there and who want to race there uh because again it's not um it's not an event for everybody um but the one good thing is is that every driver's meeting that they have every year there's always probably 10 to 20 people who have never raced at rock island grand prix and that's kind of the one thing it does have going for itself uh, if, if you look at the numbers, David, you've, you've provided us with a pretty good list here and kind of a, a year-on-year comparison as well from 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, highlights that you would look at, you think? Yeah, obviously, a couple of new categories this year. In uh, second, Briggs Ignite Senior Class, they brought in the Briggs 206 uh, CIK category as well, a standalone CIK class, so none of, the, none of the, that kind of body work, and 13 drivers to start that off. Any other highlights for you? Obviously, you were trackside. What was the vibe? Well, if you want to look at the positives, um, there's really there were really only two classes, maybe three, that uh, actually had an increase in numbers. Uh, Briggs Masters, Briggs 206 Masters had an increase up to 23. Uh, so we got over the 20 driver mark in that category. Um, and what was the other one I was looking at? Vintage. That yeah. was, uh, <clears throat> that was uh, up to 22 this year. So... Uh, they actually had two different race groups and 22 overall drivers uh, racing in the ca- in the three different categories that were that made up the vintage group. So uh, that's getting a, that's got a lot of momentum because it's not every day that 
you can drive a vintage cart and it's not every day you can drive a vintage cart on the streets. Um, so it's, it's very, um, it's, it's a very popular, uh, event for, for a lot of the people that are in the vintage category. And as you said, the, the return of tag senior, I think was really cool to see, uh, because again, at one point during the 2004, 2005 era, I mean, that was the class it was, uh, we had, yeah. we had Martin Pierce, I believe in 2004, come over from Europe and race on aboard a wild cart of mind you, uh, and, and beat down everybody with a road tax power plant. Uh, it, but again, those categories had LCQs because we had probably up to 50 or 55 drivers in, in that class. So it was really cool to see that come back. Well, in overall, looking at the at the event, you just you just kind of look at the numbers, and there it was down a little from 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 last year, down by about seventeen drivers. But it's really it's one of those things where it seems like it was just kind of spread out, you know, just every category down just one or two or three kind of things. Yeah, so, so really I mean, the, the, stable numbers, right? But just just the, down a little here and there. Yeah, the Briggs categories remain the highest uh, across the board. You know, thirty one being the highest for Briggs two hundred six heavy, which is the first class out on the day. Uh, Briggs 206 Heavy 2 had 30 as well. I mean, those numbers were down from last year and the year before, but in, and all Briggs numbers were a little bit down. But I think I kind of look at is, you know, a couple of people are hurt. Uh, you look at Riley Scott and Jeff Scott. I mean, there's yep. there's two drivers who are good for probably four or five or six entries a piece. Um, so that kind of hurt. You know, you have that. You have the other thing of you have Quincy, Brickyard, Elkhart and, and rock, rock Island, four events, four kind of one-off events, street races that, uh, you know, people are, they get to September, like, you know what, I can't go. So that, that may have a factor in the, in the type of numbers. I think the biggest hit though is in something that we've seen across the board now is, is the lack of Yamahas. Um, basically it was all local drivers, any, anybody from Ohio or now Ohio, Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri, I think were the only entries that made up uh, the Yamaha categories. So that's, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes, uh, next year. There's three of them with two heavy categories and a medium, you know, maybe it'll just be one Yamaha category next year. I'm not quite sure, uh, not quite sure where that's going to go, but, um, even, even the ignite, uh, program that, that, that I raced in, it, they had three categories. They offered up a ignite senior two. Um, we hit the 21 mark in that category, but an Ignite senior had 19, but it was still down a little bit because again, they have a number of events that they have throughout the year. So, you know, it's kind of like just those championship style events, uh, where we, we typically see like the last event of the year kind of dwindle down a little bit, you know, say USPKS pro tour WK, all these championship programs, they always see a little bit of a dwindling down on the last event. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're getting with these one-offs is this, this is one of the last one-offs, one-offs of the year for a lot of these grassroots racers. Well, you look at it, David, you look at four years ago when there wasn't a battle at the brickyard, Quincy wasn't back and there wasn't an Elkhart Grand Prix, right? So there's, there's those three other kind of Midwest one-off big races that have come out in the last two to three years. And Rock Island's kind of, I think, as the as the last one on this calendar, maybe as you said, taking a bit of a beating on it. Because if you look at that as kind of a, a one off Midwest series that people would run, um, you know, they called it the Triple Crown at one point. Um, yeah, it's not surprising that a couple of drivers potentially not coming out for this one. It really doesn't surprise me to be honest. No. And- All right, I'm going to cut the break. Dave. Sounds good. Hold on yeah. To that. 
All right, you okay with that? Yeah, I don't know. Can you hear my cold and my my sinuses that sound like crap? I was right gonna now? say, get yourself get yourself a drink of water or something. It's you know, it's it's that rock over Rock Island hangover. It's the allergy season's come and and I just can't kick it. I it felt I felt great this morning, but now that I'm talking, maybe it's it's come back. Dude, every year you go to Rock Island, I don't know what it is in the hay bales that they bring there. You have an allergy attack, like every year. It's crazy. It's it's it's, it's a hay fever, you know. That's, that's and the it. great the crazy thing is, is there's no more hay there, but I still get it every time I go there. All right, well, that's interesting. Maybe it's the trees. All right, folks, we'll let uh, David uh, grab a glass of water and and, and uh, cough up with phlegm, whatever he's got going on. Uh, after this break, we're going to come back. We're going to chat about uh, the paddock pass. David's going to give us some more of the the cool trackside info, stuff that happened potentially in the paddock. Uh, a couple of cool guys jumping into race. So uh, stick with us. More to come. It's the EKN Debrief on the Rock Island Grand Prix here on the EKN Radio Network. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Attention all Briggs 206 racers. The biggest race of the year is coming. On October 4, 5, 6, Cup Carts North America is hosting the largest Briggs 206 race in the country. The Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals at Newcastle Motorsports Park, where the best racers from all across North America will come to see who has what it takes to become Grand Champion. This three-day event features a full day of optional practice on Friday, October the 4th, qualifying and heat races on Saturday, and finals on Sunday. On offer is over $25,000 in awards and prizes that will be awarded based on finishing positions as well as door prizes throughout the entire weekend. Newcastle Motorsports Park is a world-class facility with not only the size and staff to handle an event of this magnitude, but it's also considered one of the best racing services in North America. We're privileged to have such a perfect home for this event. Due to the high demand for this event, we've been forced to cap classes to ensure the event remains on schedule. So, if you want to take part in the biggest event in four-cycle karting, register ASAP. Registration opens to the public on August 30th. For more information, head to cupcards.com. History. Success. Family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. 
Welcome back to the EK Radio Network and our debrief of the 25th running of the Rock Island Grand Prix. Labor Day Classic. David Cole, of course, was there trackside with uh, Tim Coyne on the mic. Uh, we had our full ECAN trackside live coverage. It's time to jump into the paddock pass where David will kind of give us some information, not really race report information, but more information of kind of what was going on paddock-wise. Uh, this edition of the paddock pass presented by Cart Republic. The Cart Republic is here and it's disturbing the status quo. Cartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for the Cart Republic chassis. And as a leader in American karting, they're focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. The Cart Republic senior and junior chassis are on fire, and so is the mini kart, which has won in SCUSA, USPKS, and WKA competition in 2019. For more information, contact Cart Sport North America, where they offer top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. All right, David Cole, first things first. And this was cool. You obviously broke it on. I think I'm not sure if you had it on the website or just on Facebook, but uh, man, you know, we weren't sure what Gary Lawson was going to do. Boom, it comes out, late entry, running four Briggs and Stratton classes to add to his record 25 wins. That was pretty cool to see him back. You there? Yeah, sorry, my mic was shut off. Yeah, I was coughing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Right. So I'm here. Yeah, so it was some it was interesting uh little over the last couple of months because we had talked I talked to him at the brickyard uh running with him uh that weekend and he he kind of joked about it, you know, like mm, maybe it hasn't been the last of me there yet type type scenario. And so we got the entry list, uh, I believe it was Monday before the event and and we're, you know, I quickly browsed through it and didn't see his name there. So I just figured, yeah, he's going to spend the weekend with the family, you know, be at home and, uh, come to find out, uh, we, we had, uh, I, I think I messaged with him, uh, the, the, the Thursday before we left. And I said, um, so you're sure you're not going. And he got <laughs> back to me with, well, I just entered, um, I just entered tonight scenario. So, we uh we we can I confirmed it uh with with Debbie at Rock Island and yeah then we both we posted it Friday morning up onto uh the um um up on on social media so it got a lot of attention because again yeah Gary Gary Lawson is the emperor of Rock Island uh scoring 25 total wins at the event and again his first time coming back to the event since 2013 uh, so the, the great thing, you get Gary back, and then you've got these two guys that have won so many races, David. You got Gary Lawson, and you've got Tony Nielsen, and it's just you know it's crazy to me when when I when I found out how many classes that that Tony Nielsen was entering, ten in total. That's nuts. Well, essentially, it's been kind of Tony's event uh, over the last five years. He had that one uh, weekend in in 2015 where he won uh, six Rock trophies. Um, out of, I think he raced maybe seven classes that weekend. Uh, so, so a lot of attention has been, been towards him over the last few years, uh, obviously because he's, he's one of the Ironmans. He's, he's a guy that will races in all the Briggs classes will race in all the Yamaha classes. The only thing he doesn't run is, is tag and, and uh shifter. And yep. so guys keep bugging him to, to come over and do that. But he's like, man, I'm already got enough. And now that, you know, now that he had, he, Basically, what extended his uh, class total to ten was he added the the three different ignite categories, and that's that was kind of the one thing that um, you know we were never hoping for in the ignite program. Speaking <laughs> as an ignite racer, 
Uh, because originally the Ignite program started off with you could not be a former Rock Island Grand Prix winner. That's and right. That's right. last year they had the triple the triple crown program. So they had to kind of get rid of that rule. And so they, I think they've, they kept the idea of, of just, you know, allowing whoever wanted to come race and race it. And so what it's done, it's stepped up the, it really has stepped up the competition level in that cat in that category, both in just senior and masters, because he's, he's old enough, only two years younger than I am to be able to run masters. So you add those three categories in to the seven that he was already running and you get 10 and it's just, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a total team effort between him, his father, uh, Scott Evans and Scott Evans father as well, because those four, they, they, they have some great choreography, uh, at the pits to make sure they know what cart needs, what for which class and what order. And it, it's just, you know, really the only downtime he had to, was towards the end of the day on Sunday. Uh, basically he went four races, one off four races, one off or yeah, he had four races, one off four races. And then he had like three or four races off before he had his last two races of the day. So, uh, I did catch him get it, taking a nap in the trailer there Sunday. So, you know, when you're, when you're on track for eight races already on the day, it's probably good to get a little, uh, a little shut eye. That's crazy. That's uh, and again, just the, you, you run those many races, you get to add to the, your win total, especially when you're as fast as Tony Nielsen is. So we'll talk more about where they ended up at the end of the, the weekend in terms of how many wins they were able to, to rock and roll. Definitely helps the batting average, right? It does. It does, doesn't it? Uh, all right, David, let's talk track design because I think coming into the event, obviously that was one of the big talking points, right? We, we, you know, when I did the podcast with Roger Ruthart to talk about the race and, and the plans for this year, he talked about the fact that they were changing some of the racetracks. You know, that was obviously one of the first things you did when you got there. Uh, you were taking photos of the, of the corners that they were working on. You're getting those out on social media so people could see it. Uh, now that it's done, let's talk wh- about what they actually did. And you were on the racetrack, so you know how you know exactly how that kind of affected your racing line compared to what you've done the last number of years. Well, every year you go there, it's it's completely different because they don't exactly put all the barriers in the same location that they do from previous year, or you know, some things change. And for instance, as we saw on on our social media, they were doing some pavement this the pre the week previous to it, putting in a bunch of little different patches in different areas. Uh, basically, they put patches in turns one, three, four, and five, and leading into six. So there was a lot of patchwork being done around the track. So you have to give credit to the city for for at least working with the event and and trying to give us a bit of a smoother race surface and and mind you turn five you know is probably one of the worst and bumpiest tracks because it's always in the shade the exit the exit there was completely redone and it was smooth so there was no issues of of hitting a bump and losing grip it was all if you hit the wall it was your own fault type of scenario okay um but really as you said what the talk about going in was is the talk that they were going to be moving the apexes in turn one and turn five to help kind of uh give a different angle of exit for, for competitors going out of the corner. And it really did because they moved the apexes out away from the inside of the, uh, of the, of the track and moved it out towards the outside, which for turn one, as we all know, in those wild starts, it's, it could be four wide. Well, there was no, there was no ability to go four wide through the section turn one section. 
Uh, we saw a couple crashes uh, going into the corner because of the little bit of a more narrow area. But in in all honesty, it probably did help uh, solve the the exit situation because uh, you know from going through there, it's all about carrying momentum in all these Yamaha and Briggs categories, yep. and so it, it's it's a sharper turn, so it it helps helps you make the cart to rotate a lot more, and that and again. Same thing in turn five, you bring the apex out, it makes you rotate the cart more instead of just sliding through and and going balls to the wall through the corner. You got to rotate the cart and get through it. Um, so that, you know, that made it more of a challenge for the Briggs guys and Yamaha guys where shifter and tag guys, you know, it was the same scenario for them because they're going so fast. They do, they already have to rotate that cart. And so the, the shifter guys loved it. It just narrowed things up a little bit. Uh, even turn three, it seemed like they moved the apex out just a little bit more as well there too, uh, which brought that that familiar exit uh, barrier closer. <laughs> the David Cole barrier. Yep. David Cole barrier. <laughs> All right. Speaking of David Cole, let's uh, let's let's jump into this part of the paddock pass. The fact that uh, for, uh, once again, uh, you get a chance to drive, uh, and it was interesting because. You know, we set it up. You're going to go with the, the Margie Ignite program again. It works perfect for you because you don't have to do a lot of work on the cart. They're, they're doing that for you. You can do your job covering the event, working with Tim Coyne on the live broadcast, then just jump behind the wheel and have some fun. Now, then we get the call. Then you give me the call that, oh, by the way, I'm going to run all three classes. <laughs> I'm going to run Senior 1, Senior 2, and Masters. So, yeah, let's let's have a real uh, a busy time. You end up being on the racetrack for 14 on-track sessions, David. Uh, talk about your weekend a little bit. Did you have some fun or what? Well, anytime you get behind the wheel, it's fun. Um, and again, that's, you know, I, I just, we just said that I was just talking with Andre Martins down in Florida because he's going to be racing KZ at the world championships. And he's like 40 something or 50 something. I don't know how I forgot how old, but he's like, you know what? I'm just going there to have fun. You know, I, I I just want to, I want to be racing alongside some of the best drivers in the world. And I just want to go there and have fun because, I mean, after all, that's why we're doing this. And that's kind of what I was, uh, you know, talking with him about. And so anytime we get behind the wheel, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. We just, we love the sport and we love driving. And, and so I'm, I'm very thankful to you and Margay and everybody who's able to, uh, to put this program together for us, uh, especially bell racing helmets, uh, keeping my head safe. Um, you know, just, it was, it's, it was fun. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be the best driver. Um, age is catching up with me. So I'm, I'm realizing I got, I'm I'm realizing I got to put some more work into it. If I do want to be, if I do want to be able to race against the best. Dude, I'm 10 years older than you. Age has got nothing to do with it. We just need some track time, but well, you got to remember it's 2007, 2006 was the first time I did rock Island. So that's 13 years ago. Yep. And I, it was a completely different scenario and mindset back then from where I am now, you know, <laughs> back then I wasn't a father. I was just a husband and a dumb guy who wanted to go fast. That's- <laughs> now I'm a father of two and, and I, I, I gotta, you know, gotta keep supporting my family type scenario. So, um, yeah, so just, you know, rock Island is a completely different animal. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not what it, what, what brickyard is it's, you know, Brickyard was what you're off the gas in two spots, maybe three, and maybe and three. here yeah. you're you're, and there you at least have runoff rooms and 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 lots of other guys to race it, and 
And Rock Island is completely different scenario. Like you, like we've talked about many, many times, you can't go at Rock Island a hundred percent until you know you're ready to handle it. And I just until the basically until the end of the weekend, my fourteenth on track session, I finally got a little bit more comfortable. I was like, you know what? I just need to go. So, and again, it doesn't help yep. that I'm not driving my own stuff. I'm not trying to to, to destroy it. We've we've been down that road before. We don't need to do that again. And so it's it's always about trying to find that that comfortable, but yet to the edge kind of uh, scenario. Well, you end up with a couple of good finishes anyway. Eighth, ninth, and sixth. Sixth was in the, in the masters category, right? Yeah, and there i i had I had fifth and fourth ahead of me. I definitely, I probably should have had a little bit quicker of a pace, and and I they were able to draft and get away from me after I got up into sixth place. And I thought I was going to be able to run them down, but I, they were just, you know, Scott Barnes, four, uh, now four-time rock winner, and um, Keith Scharf, another uh, winner as well, too. So it's it was a little bit tough trying to run them down, but uh, I didn't do it and ended up six. But oh, like I said, overall, you know, I came home in one piece. The cart came home in one piece. It was sold that night uh, to another competitor that was there that weekend. So I did I did my job for Marga. I made it look fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, listen, if you if you're if you're finishing behind Barnes and Scharf hooked up together, that that's pretty solid, right? You, 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 there's no way you can hang your head on that because those guys obviously Scharf winner at the Brickyard, Rock uh we said Barnes, multi-time uh Bermuda karting champion, four times the Rock winner at the Grand Prix. It's that's that's some pretty uh it's a pretty stiff competition. I did beat Barnes in the two other races, so he did have to pay for my drinks that night. So it did. That's right. So I did actually finally win the bet that we've been doing almost every year now that we've been racing Briggs. So how much did you drink? Did you get a, did you get a bunch of rum in here? Well, he 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 ditched out on me because he had to drive back to uh, to Crockett's place, so I only got like three drinks out of him. What a slider! Well, in turn, it's about it's that. about the same as a fifth, so it, it evened out. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's, let's talk about the race. We talked about the track a bit. We talked about you running. Uh, no red flags brought out for you this year, which is nice. No yellows for you. You were able to get away unscathed. But there there was a couple of red flags on the weekend. Can you give us an update on that a bit? Yeah, there are actually three that I that I recall now, but two that um, I know who were, who were involved. Um, ironically, two of the red flags were in races that I were in. Uh, but the first one was the first race of the weekend. Sean Miller in the Briggs 206 heavy heat race uh, suffered a broken collarbone. I believe it was in turn two. Um, so we we send the best to him in his recovery. Uh, I heard some stories about him wrecking at other events on the year. So it's kind of been a rough year for him. So uh, we hope the best for him. And, and hopefully he stays out of any more wrecks in the future. Um, sun, Sunday, there were, there was a wreck in, there was a red flag in Ignite Senior 1, and then there was a red flag in Ignite Senior 2. Uh, the first one was for Kayla Carlson. Um, she was probably racing for, I believe, just outside the top five, and, uh, they wrecked going into turn two. She went hard into, uh, the barriers. I'm not quite sure that she flipped, but I think she just went hard in the barriers, but somehow, uh, she suffered some, uh, uh, basically what is spinal cord shock. Um, she's having issues feeling anything below her knees right now. Uh, but we did get the word that she is leaving the hospital today, uh, going home, hoping that the feeling will come back, uh, in her lower extremities, but there's no, there's no signs of any broken bones or, or any bro anything, any punctures in the spinal cord itself. So they just think, 
that the spinal cord is a little bit in shock. So maybe some of the, uh, the nerve endings aren't connecting, um, as they should, uh, maybe, maybe some bruising or something like that. Again, you know, as we know, spinal cord injuries are, are something that, uh, are very un are getting more common, but very something that we don't know. We cannot pinpoint as to how or what or why. Um, so we do hope the best for her, um, in the, uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep, uh, in contact with, uh, with Kayla to make sure things are good. All right, folks, that, that's the paddock pass. David's kind of filled us up with, with a number of things that happened there during the event off the track, not so much, but wheel to wheel. That's what we're going to do next. It's going to be the race report here on the EKN debrief episode 55 of the EKN debrief. It's September 5th. 2019, Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Stay with us, folks. When we come back, David's going to start working his way through the long race report that we have here today from Rock Island. Hey, racers. This is Rob Howden, and I'm super excited to be back with the Texas Pro Car Challenge family this year. After kicking off the season in Denton in March and having just wrapped up our annual trip to Amarillo, it's time to get the final Texas PKC date on your personal calendar, and I'll see you there. We'll cap off the season on the September 13th, 14th, 15th weekend at the beautiful Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston. The track is the jewel of Texas karting, and you need to experience it for yourself. It's two full days of racing on Saturday and Sunday for Mini and Micro Swift, Briggs 206 Senior and Masters, KA100 Junior and Senior, X30 Junior, Senior and Master, Stock Honda Senior and Master, and of course, Pro Shifter. For information on how to register for the Texas Pro Car Challenge finale at Speed Sports, visit TexasProCarChallenge.com. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. As a world leader in personal racing safety products with a sales and service staff and dealer network unmatched in motorsports, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their wildly popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is extremely excited to have made their move into the karting community with a pair of stellar options. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. The Stilo ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the Stilo ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 adult karting helmet. The company's karting helmets are directly derived from Stilo's auto racing helmets 
they're so popular at the top levels of racing. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels as well as Stilo's lightweight construction and unparalleled field of vision, a crucial attribute for karting. For more information on Stilo, check them out at simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howe. This is episode 55 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole uh, giving us essentially his full review from the 25th running of the Rock Island Grand Prix, the Labor Day Classic. Time to jump into the race report. We're going to get started with Yamaha Heavy 1, Marge Ignite Senior 1, and Briggs 206 Heavy 2. That'll be the categories Dave's going to start with. This edition of the race report presented by PSL Karting. The 2019 season marks the 25th anniversary for PSL Karting, North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand. PSL Karting is your complete source for all things Burrell, providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network uh, or through their own pslkarting.com online store. Arrive and Drive programs supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, Call PSL Karting or visit one of their dealers. All right, David Cole, get rocking here. We got uh, actually four categories to start. It's actually Briggs 206 Heavy to get things underway. Yes, that is the category that has basically kicked off uh, the event over the last few years. Uh, More recently, it's been known as the Travis DeFrent Memorial Class. Uh, Travis was a winner and competitor at Rock Island Grand Prix and took his own life uh, and a couple years ago, um, the family continues to, uh, help raise suicide awareness. And that is one of the focuses with the category and, uh, in surrounding the Rock Island Grand Prix event, uh, as the DeVrent family is, is there once again, uh, cheering on their, their fellow competitors and again, bringing, uh, awareness to suicide, mm-hmm. um, on track, uh, the category is split up into two different heat groups. Uh, Justin Wishard won the opening heat race with Gary Lawson winning his uh, opener coming back to Rock Island Grand Prix for the first time since 2013. And in the feature, it was all Gary as he was able to launch away uh, and get out to a big lead early on and drive away to nearly a five second advantage in the 15 laps of the race uh, to score his first win of the weekend, uh, 26 overall win in his career. Uh, it only his second time winning in the category as well, because the class was introduced in, I believe 2013 is so he was the inaugural winner. Um, Michael Welsh was able to, to win the great battle that was behind him for second, uh, just ahead of Connor Lund. All right. Here's here's the question for you, David. Now that we're getting started, uh, two heat races in a feature, can you give the listeners what, what was the setup for the, the two heat races? Is it pro- pro- oh, yeah. What they point? do is they, they, they split, they, sorry, they split the field into two heat races. Okay. So the first heat was half the field. Second heat was the other half of the field based on, uh, what number you drew for, uh, for the P pick. Okay. Um, so that basically it was, you know, it's almost like LCQ style where, you know, just kind of separate the field. So there's not this massive field racing for a heat race. Uh, they've done this before, uh, for any classes that are at 30 or more, they typically uh, split the split the fields up for the heat two, for two different heat races. Excellent. Moving on now to Yamaha Heavy One. 
Yamaha Heavy One. Again, the category wasn't exactly uh, full. Um, numbers were down a little bit, uh, but this was uh, this was one of those. This is always one of those categories that you're going to have at least three, four, five guys in the lead pack. And we ended up having, I believe it was four drivers in this lead or three drivers actually in this lead pack. Uh, Tony Nielsen, the heat winner was joined by Gage Rucker and Michael Welsh. So those guys were kind of going back to back uh, from jumping from their Briggs carts to the Yamahas. Um, Welsh ran a pretty defensive uh, final lap and going into turn two, uh, Tony Nielsen wasn't exactly happy with it. And the two made contact. This allowed Gage Rucker to slide through past him and was able to come around as the winner, scoring his first uh, victory at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Um, So the contact between Nelson and Welsh dropped them down to fourth with Welsh not be able to uh, to finish the race. That moved Chad Patch up to second and Dustin Bloom up to third. All right, let's move into the uh, the first category that you were actually part of, David. The uh, the first of the two Margay Ignite Senior classes looks like uh, Tony Nielsen out of the gate pretty strongly again. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened up front because I really wasn't able to see any of it. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, uh, <laughs> but right. Tony Tony Nielsen was making his third straight class uh, uh, in a run of four. Uh, Tony was able to win the heat race as we all expected. And we expected him to win the final, but uh, Evan Stammer had other ideas. Stammer, the uh, the younger Margate driver, uh, probably half the half of Tony's age. Probably, I think Evan's about fifteen, so that's about half of Tony's age. Over, yeah, over, yeah, less less than half. That's right. Yeah. Well, Tony's thirty eight. He's fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, that's that's uh, makes. Is I guess Tony thirty eight now. Thirty eight. Yes, he's thirty eight. Wow. He confirmed that with me this uh, this weekend. So, cause he keeps thinking I was, he keeps thinking I was younger than he was. And I'm like, no dude, no, I just look better. No. <laughs> wow. wow but, tough. um, but yeah, anyway, um, the two were able to get away, uh, in the main event and, uh, Samer was able to pull off a, uh, last lap pass for, uh, for the victory, uh, after the, uh, the race was red flagged for, uh, um, the Kayla Carlson, uh, wreck. So after the red flag, you guys go back green. Yeah, and then he's got he gets he gets that last lap pass. That's pretty uh, that's pretty impressive to make a last lap pass on a guy like Tony Nielsen. Yeah, it, so yeah, I completely forgot that I was in this race. Um, yeah, so I did see the leaders for a little bit because when we, when we restarted, they were actually right there. So that was good. But then you know my my oldness kind of let them slip away. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. You know, it was you know Tony uh, had some great sportsmanship giving a. Uh, being the first one there to uh, congratulate Evan on his victory when he got back to the scales. Um, yeah. So it was great to see the old, old guy versus a young gun going at it, especially, you know, Tony being uh, the uh, one of the top drivers at rock Island, but it was a good drive for uh, Justin Vansel as well. I remember seeing him spin in the heat race and he, so he started back uh, a little bit behind me, if not just in front of me there for, uh, for the main event. And he was able to knife his way back up to uh, the third spot. Nicely done. That's awesome. Good job for Justin to, to get up there to P3. Uh, before we go to the break, let's move to the Briggs 206 Heavy 2. Obviously, the two different categories for Briggs Heavy, uh, a 1 and a 2, so giving the guys the opportunity to be on the track more than one time. Uh, out of the box, Gary Lawson uh, winning heat race number one. Yeah, Gary was in the first heat race. Uh, again, walked away with that win. Uh, the second heat race was won by Mel- Michael Welsh, who was uh, last year's winner in this category. 
Uh, when you combine the two uh, heat races into the main event, Gary was once away, uh, once again the driver to beat, only to uh, have his chain break after seven laps. So a DNF for Gary Lawson in his second race back at the Rock Island Grand Prix. So this basically brought that fight behind him for second into the fight for the win. Uh, Tony Nielsen was able to work past Lund on the final lap to be able to score his first victory uh, of the day. Uh, it was his third win in five starts in the class as Nielsen was able to win in 2015 and 2017. The, Every other year. That's correct. Uh, Morgan Schuler. Yep, Morgan Schuler was able to follow Nielsen by Lund to uh, to grab second in his first start because Schuler was uh, a longtime Yamaha racer moved over to uh, the Briggs category this weekend. So again, folks, if you're going to run Briggs 206 Heavy Two next year, uh, uh, Tony Nielsen wins every other year, so he probably won't win in 2020, and he will win in 2021. We're good. So we're 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 guaranteeing that, huh? We're all going to run Briggs 206 Heavy 2 next year Sounds for good. our shot. All right. Uh, you work for that, Dave? All right. Yeah, but there's already right, fast guys in there already that could be. <laughs> I know. I know. No kidding, right? Big uh, big group for Heavy 2, 30 drivers in the category. That's, uh, that's solid. All right. We're going to cut to a quick break, folks. When we come back, David's going to jump in, and we're going to talk King of the Streets. We're going to do the Yamaha Heavy 2, the second Margie Ignite category, Briggs 206 Medium, and we'll cap out the next segment with Yamaha Medium. Again, this is the EKN Debrief, episode number 55. David Cole giving us all the insider info on this year's Rock Island Grand Prix. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. We can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away and we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IME engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find molecule cleaning products, Minus 273 racing gloves, micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, from providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event, to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. When you think racing tire in the U.S., one name stands out, Huger. The history of Huger Racing Tire is one of an American dream, and is the tire designed for champions. At the end of 2018, Margay Racing became the sole United States and Canadian karting distributor, establishing Hoosier Kart Sport. Throughout 2019, Hoosier Kart Sport has expanded the Hoosier brand to kart shops, tracks, clubs, and racing series across North America, focused on grassroots programs. Four different compounds are available through Hoosier Kart Sport. The R55 is among the most popular with shifter kart categories. 
The R60 and R70 serve the two-cycle and four-cycle community at the club and regional level. The R80 is the official compound of the Margate Ignite program. The Hoosier Wet has been tested to the limits and ranks among the top rain racing tire in karting today. With a wide range of compounds and a made-in-the-USA racing heritage, Hoosier Kart Sport has the tire you need for your track, series, or personal racing needs. Head to HoosierKartSport.com today to find your nearest dealer and follow them on all social media platforms by searching Hoosier Kart Sport. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. We're part of our Race Report segment now. This uh, edition of the Race Report brought to you by PSL Karting. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. The uh, focus of this particular edition of the debrief, the 25th running of the Rock Island Grand Prix, the Labor Day Classic, where one of the most iconic trophies in the sport is delivered. That is the Rock. David, the King of the Streets is... is, is uh, is one of the iconic parts of the Rock Island Grand Prix. It, it came over with Supercarts USA, first race Oklahoma City, second race Quincy, then Jim Murley brought it to Rock Island, and it kind of found a home at Rock Island as, you know, with the King of the Streets. When Jim left Scusa, and Scusa kind of packed away a bit and transitioned, Rock Island kind of made King of the Streets their own. And it's been their race, and a lot of amazing guys have, have won it. Uh, we've seen fluctuating... Uh, number of driver over the last number of years, usually anywhere between in, in the in the low twenties to the mid twenties in terms of drivers. Twenty-two guys showing up here this this year. Talk a little bit about King of the Streets, new format for this year and, and let us know who uh who stepped to the forefront, who wore the crown and who put on the cape. Well let let's be honest. It's basically become the Josh Lane King of the Streets. Can we can we not agree on that? True enough. Not that he's winning them, winning no, them all. He has won one. Not but yeah, that it's definitely no. His not baby. that he's winning it. It's it's almost like he's promoting the class within the event, and because I he's agree. really after he wants he wants to race the best of the best. He wants to go to Top Gun, but he wants Top Gun to come to Rock Island Grand Prix, and he's been able to do yeah. that year in and year out. He's been able to get a couple here and a couple here and a couple there, and this year, you know, we saw a number of guys come up that uh, are 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 among the top in the driver rankings and excuse the pro tour and anywhere you go in the country. Uh, so you have to commend him for that. And he added a number of awards that they handed out at the awards ceremony as well, too, including rock cup, USA, MG tires, Hoosier tires, Lacant tires, uh, sketchy Barnes is, uh, Akuna Matata. Um, uh, what's the, the f- fishing charter. Fishing yes. Charter. That's the word I was looking for. So a number and then uh, Texas Pro Kart Challenge and and the Lone Lockhart Grand Prix. So a lot of uh, a lot of prizes that were up for grabs uh, as well too. Not just for the guys who finished at the front, but for guys who went fast lap and who were the old quickest old guy and and the guy who wrecked because uh, Croc, Croc Promotion USA also provided five hundred dollars to <laughs> to whoever wrecked their cart. So uh, a lot of cool different things. Uh, like a lot of cool different things for that but um on track you knew it was going to be wild and crazy uh but for this year because i don't know if josh started it or what but as we got up to uh to grid for the heat race i heard them talking about so when we come back for the second heat race i'm like what are you guys talking about and so they filled me in basically what they did was uh they did two heat races based on the p pick uh but they were going to go back to back so the first heat race was by p pick and then they would invert the grid for the second heat, both heats being eight laps. So it was 
kind of unique, kind of something different. Um, so at the end of the first heat where we saw Austin Wilkins just kind of drive away and score the victory, he was a 2017 winner. Uh, they all pulled back up to the start finish line and we began uh, lining them back up for the second heat race, which was again, back, back, really, right back, back to, to back, which right is kind of unique and different. And, and all the guys were on board with it. The only thing they could do uh, was to adjust their tire pressure. That was the only change they could make. Uh, so if they made, if they okay. DNF'd or made changes, they were able to to fix it, but they had to start in the back no matter what. Um, and that's something we saw, um, or no, they didn't have to start at the back. They, they was wh- wherever they pee picked because two different races were two different races. Um, okay. But if that, that was only if you would, you were a DNF, uh, because as we saw in heat race one, after Wilkins ran away with it, uh, race Liberante DNF'd in heat one. Uh, with a burnt up clutch, he quickly came in. They repaired it and got him back up on the grid, uh, ready for heat two to start to to make his start. Uh, so after repairing his broken clutch in heat one, he wow. was able to drive away to the win in heat two. Uh, but also in heat two, Austin Wilkins had a mechanical as well. I believe it was clutch as well. So both winners had DNFs in the, in the opposite heat races. <laughs> which made things a little bit interesting and kind of shook up the grid a little bit uh, as we got ready for uh, Sunday's main event. Uh, last year's winner, Rory Vanderster, was able to secure the pole position with uh, Croc Promotion USA driver Billy Musgraves on the outside of road one, uh, making his first King of the Street start. Uh, Jake French, Jake, Jake French's teammate and uh, first starter since 2012 was third, and then Josh Lane, 2015 winner and fourth. All right, so 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 both Wilkins and Liberante have trouble. Where do they end up starting? So Wilkins was able to uh, to be put ninth based on the points through the two heat races, and Liberante was eleventh. So, you know, getting those wins definitely helped them move from the towards the back of the field towards the middle of the field. I like this. It sounded, it sounded really cool. Twenty one drivers in the field. Both of the guys w- that were so quick, kind of there, uh, and the heat race winners are uh, are right in the middle of the pack. So. All right, let's go. What's uh, how does the race shake out? So the race shake shook out with uh, Rory grabbing the whole shot, uh, was able to get out front uh, to, until Musgrave got ahead of him and basically led the majority of the race. But the real show behind him was watching Liberante charge through the field, um, basically running fast laps of the race, charging up, getting up to Musgrave, and then just prior to the white flag was able to take over the lead for the first time. Uh, Liberante was able to hold on to the top spot through the final circuit and come across the, uh, to the checkered flag with a lot of excitement and able to win his first, uh, rock Island grand prix King of the streets. Wow. That is big. That's, uh, that would be exciting for sure. And obviously races had a fantastic year, uh, winning the, uh, the pro two category in, uh, in Supercars USA pro tour competition. I believe he's going to be running the Pro 2 shifter class at the Super Nats, and then we'll be moving to the Pro 1 class for 2020. But, David, in the notes here that you, you provided, a, a really good stat. Seven different winners in the last seven years in King of the Streets. That's amazing. Well, that's what I talk about when Josh Lane is trying to get the best of the best to come here because that's what he's doing. Um, we've seen we've seen in the last three to four different winners come back, obviously Josh being one of them. Uh, but you got Wilkins coming back. You got Rory coming back. You have Austin Wilkins coming back. You have Josh coming back. You know, we were missing a couple like Jordan Musser as well. Um, 
He was feeling he was feeling he was feeling pretty envious though when he was at home. Jordan put that well, up on social media. Of course, I mean, <laughs> and you win the event. I believe he's a three-time king of the streets winner. Uh, you know, so it's an opportunity for him to go against the young guns. You know, now him being the G one Pro Tour champion, uh, four-time Pro Tour champion at that uh, alone in Masters category. Um, so yeah, you know, that's Rock Island is one of those where age doesn't really define you. Uh, if you, if you're going to go that 100%, because we've seen Lance Lane do top 10 finishes at King of the streets. Uh, and he's, he's getting up there in age being, uh, you know, Josh's dad, because we know the headaches that Josh provides. Um, so, <laughs> wow. uh, but yeah, just the fact that we have seven different winners in the last seven events, uh, is pretty cool. And then the first, again, Liberante getting his first and the first four comp cart, uh, in King of the streets. I don't think comp carts ever won anything at uh, Rock Island Grand Prix. So I think Justin Stefani, a longtime uh, Rock Island Grand Prix competitor himself back in the day, uh, probably really loves this. Uh, but Musgrave making his first pro, uh, Rock Island Grand Prix start uh, was able to finish second with uh, Jake French coming home third. So a 2-3 finish for Croc Promotion USA. It's pretty good for their, for their debut uh, at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Just you know, the bottom line is there was some great excitement, and, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of the Rock Island the Grand Prix, and of course the King of the Streets program. And I just think there's there's that pomp and circumstance, and you know you get the you're wearing the uh, the crown, you got the cape, but just putting your name into the into the history books. But always good to see some excitement and a little bit the kind of energy that you want uh, with King of the Streets. That's great, uh, and congratulations to Race Liberanti for that big win for sure. Uh, David, let's jump into the Yamaha Heavy Two class. Yamaha Heavy 2 was the Tony Nielsen show. Tony was able to win the heat race and essentially uh, be right there in the right position for for the main event. Uh, again, Yamaha top four were able to get away. Uh, Nielsen was 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 uh, locked into Tim Getch's bumper throughout the main event uh, and made the pass on the final lap to uh, secure the victory. It was actually his first win in the category maybe since 2016 and maybe I have that wrote that note wrong, but uh, scoring his second win of the day, uh, Tim Getch had to settle for second with uh, Dustin Bloom. Oh, I know uh, this is the, this class started in 2016. So this was his first there win in the class. So, uh, but Dustin Bloom it, ended up third. Interesting thing, David. And the, you know, you're talking about guys pulling away, working together in that last lap pass. That really is kind of a tech, you know, kind of a trademark for Rock Island, isn't it? But that's a, you, the, the key is get away from the standing start because we do the Levon style standing start. Get away from the start. Get you know, get into that front pack. See if you can't drop somebody off, and it always ends up being you're running together with somebody. And if if everybody's pretty equal, it's just setting up for that last lap battle, right? Well, especially in the Yamaha category yeah. because it's it's really a game of chess out there. Uh, luckily, I was able to be near the lead pack, uh, in 2014, when I did my lone Yamaha race there, yep. uh, with, uh, with Rick jump and Tony jump able to, uh, provide me Rick folks's cart there that weekend. That was, that was probably one of the most, even though I was in so much pain from, from my rib separation, uh, during that race, it was probably the most fun race to actually just sit and watch because it was, <laughs> it was all about the guys trying to, to position themselves in the right spot to set up for, for the last two laps. And, and so 
again, sometimes you made a move, you know, if you're sitting fifth, you're like, man, I can't be in fifth. I got to get up to at least third. So you start, they start making moves and, and the guy in second's like, no, nope, I want to lead. And and so it's, it's, it's a really fun game of chess that, uh, that the lead drivers get to play. That was a fun year. You were super fast that year in, in that, in the Yamaha class. That was cool to watch. Um, okay, let's move on to Margay Knight Senior 2. You were in this category as well, so I'm, I'm sure you'll have a, just a little bit of information for us. Uh, as you said, you weren't up front to be able to watch the battle happen. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just being real, David. You are. I know, uh, but it's funny to say that. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about it. Tony Nielsen, another heat race win. Uh, obviously, get gets out of the gate well. See what happens. Yeah, we uh, we again going into uh, the ignite categories. We expected Tony Nielsen to go three for three. Well, he missed he uh, he missed out on the first one, and so he looked like he had the second one in hand and was actually leading until the uh, the engine came loose uh, just prior to halfway point. I saw him sitting outside a turn one, and and so I wasn't really quite sure, but uh, got to talk to him the race before or the race after, and it was a uh, an engine came loose. So that gave uh, basically anybody, everybody else a shot. Uh, Evan Stommer, who was a, a Ignite Senior One winner, was in the hunt, but it ended up being the veteran winning it out this time with Pete Pistol Pete Vetter uh, yeah. edging out Stammer by seventy-seven thousandths at the line. Um, the victory was Vetter's third win in as many years at the Rock Island Grand Prix. So he was um, the Masters winner the last two years, and then won Ignite Senior Two this year. Cool stuff for, for Pistol Pete, for sure. Uh, Vetter with the win, Stammer second, and Justin Vansel coming home in third. Uh, moving to Briggs 206 medium. It's just, it's <laughs> as we go down through these lists, what makes me laugh is it's either Tony Nielsen or Gary Lawson, right? That's the, the first name I'm reading every time I'm going through, down through the, the notes that you provided. Gary Lawson with the, the heat race win in the, uh, in the Briggs 206 medium class. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, this was this was all Lawson from uh, from the get go. Uh, Lawson was able to score the the victory in the heat, and again, just just amazing off the Le Mans style start, and just went basically untouched through the opening corners to establish a solid lead. Um, oh, but this, oh, sorry, this one's different. Sorry, this was this was medium. This one he actually had to start uh, from the mid pack. Uh, in the heat race oh, really? okay. and, and get up, uh, get up towards the front. Uh, I think the other classes, he had pretty good uh, P picks and was able to get away, but uh, you know, getting that heat win, put him towards the front and getting those passing points, put him on the pole. Um, so in the main event, you know, he just basically checked out from, from the drop of the green flag uh, leading off 15 laps for the victory ended up being a 4.4 second margin of victory for him. The battle on track was for second then, and that was Evan Stammer, who uh, went back-to-back as well. Um, so Stammer was able to pull away uh, in the second spot um, ahead of Michael Welsh in third. But uh, Lawson getting his uh, second career victory in this class and second win on the day. Wow. Uh, again, as I said, keeping in what I'm talking about, uh, Yamaha Medium next up in the report, heat winner, Tony Nielsen. <laughs> Yeah, it's a familiar yeah, right. scenario. I think this is this was uh, Tony's fourth race, or this was Tony's eighth race of the of the uh, of the day. So uh, Tony was able to start up front uh, and was it was basically in in the fight again. Yamaha top four got away. Uh, among them was Getch, Rucker, Welsh, and Nielsen. Uh, Nielsen yep. was actually leading. 
um, towards the end of the race, but uh, Getch was able to pull off that last lap pass uh, around Nielsen, and and the rest of the, the rest of the lead group went with him as well, uh, and were able to uh, to challenge Getch at the line as he was able to come across as the victor uh, ahead of Gage Rucker and Michael Welsh with Nielsen uh, placing in third or fourth. I'm sorry. Um, the win put uh, Getch. This gave him 12 career wins at the Rock Island Grand Prix to move him to third overall in the win list total. Yeah, good for him. Good for Tim getting that uh, that uh, 12th career win. That's pretty solid, man. It's uh, it's tight right around that 12, you know, that 9, 10, 11, 12 mark with guys that have, uh, have been able to get victories. But uh, good for Tim to get that victory as well. Uh, on another commercial break here, folks, we get back. David Colts, lineup, tag senior, Briggs 206 CIK, Shifter Masters. Those are going to be up next as David Cole continues to bring us all the insight from this year's Rock Island Grand Prix. It's episode 55 of the EKN Debrief. Back after these messages. Are you ready to go racing? Trinity Karting Group is fired up and ready to take up that challenge. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives them access to their custom-designed driver training facility. This allows them to offer private one-on-one coaching that can take you to the next level. They're also a Midwest dealer for Tony Kart and IAMI, and they are your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. They'll be trackside at the Scusa Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, the USPKS, the USAC Battle of the Brickyard, and of course the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with the customer service that is second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and they're dedicated to driver development. They take pride in their professional approach and their positive attitude. Let them build a custom race program for you. Give them a call at 513-421-421. 4463 or check them out online at trinitycardinggroup.com Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, kart service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at kartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Kartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic Karting Gaskets are available as OE replacement top-end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive karters, 
Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kometic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder-specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship-winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name's Rob Howden. David Cole quarterbacking this particular episode of The Debrief as we are talking about the 25th running of the Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, David Cole, trackside. Uh, to cover all the events, to manage the live broadcast with uh, Tim Coyne on the mic, and even more so, as is always the case at Rock Island. Dave also uh, pulled on the bell helmet and, and getting behind the wheel, ran all three Margate night classes uh, here uh, in this particular event. Uh, and great to see him back behind the wheel. David, let's jump into the tag senior class. You had mentioned um, last year they actually canceled the tag senior class because they didn't have any entries at the ed- entry deadline. They cancel the event, and all of a sudden they get all these emails saying, hey, I was going to enter. <laughs> well, too late. This year they bring it back again, and I believe they ended up with, what, uh, 13 ent- thirteen drivers in Tag Senior. Yeah, it was a pretty solid, good field. Uh, a mix of, of some fast guys, some club guys, and some guys that were just there to have a good time. Um, but And again, with the Tag Senior category, it was a good mixture of engines. There was Rock GP, there was Rotax. And there was IAMI X30s in there. So, um, you know, basically it was a, a good combination of a little bit of everything. Uh, but up front, it was basically Austin Wilkins. Wilkins was uh, the 2017 King of the Streets and Open Shifter winner uh, coming back to uh, to do both of those categories plus Tag Senior. So he had a good uh, busy weekend as well. Um, Josh Lane jumped out to the lead in the main event, but Wilkins was able to, to run him down and dominate uh, to a six-second margin of victory with uh, Aaron Snyder ended up third. Um, the engines that were made up the top five were Rock GP were one and two and fourth place with Rotax running third and fifth. Interesting. Uh, vibe around the paddock, Dave? Do you think that more people talking about potentially coming back next year to add add Tag Senior to their, to their lineup? Uh, no, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I mean, what it might do is it might draw people who weren't there, uh, to come back and race the tag senior category. Um, it did, it did bring in like a Devin Smith Harden. Um, he, he decided to run tag senior. Um, however, I think with that, that category, there really are those two engines that kind of dominate, uh, that type of track layout. Uh, the rock GP and the road tox were very, very fast. That's not to say an X30 won't be fast with a, with a fast driver. Uh, Devin doesn't have a lot of tag uh, experience. So, you know, jumping in and going, doing this without any tag experience is, is tough to do against guys who have been doing it uh, for, for a number of years. So um, it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, get one of the top 20 ranked drivers in, uh, in tag right now to come out with an X30 and see what it can do. Um, not sure what it'll do, but uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, speaking of essentially new classes, tag senior not really new. It has a pretty good, um, a pretty good 
pedigree and, and history at the Rock. But again, they weren't they weren't there last year. They come back with 13. First time for the Briggs 206 CIK class. One of the things you'll see at the Rock Island Grand Prix, uh, you know, mainly because a lot of the local drivers that do make the event their kind of Super Bowl, is the fact that guys will have the big uh, cowcatcher front nose cone on their on their carts. So a lot of guys with maybe gold cup bodywork as well, old school gold gold cup bodywork, flat flat sides on the, on the on the side pods with the big with the big cone up front. The CIK category, David, something that's obviously taking, you know, getting a lot more speed. The Cup Carts North America program has the CIK category. Um, uh, how did it, how was the reception for, for CIK? 13 drivers and Briggs 206 CIK. Oh, before you jump into actually saying, you know, who was driving and, and who went well and who won, how did you think that class went over in terms of uh, being the first time having a CIK only class? First off, cow catcher. You can call it a cow catcher. Is that, is, cow that catcher. is that a Canadian term? A cow catcher is what they put on the front of I, a train. Yes, that is knock the cows off it. So I, I didn't know carts were trains. <laughs> it's just funny to well, hear. Sorry, catcher. I just what did you say. call it? What do you call it? A nose piece. <laughs> wow, well, right, that's interesting. We call it a cow catcher because we always ran regular CI. Hey, listen. In all the years, you, I you must carts, have more trains that come by you guys. I don't know. <laughs> I know this that in all my years, twenty five years, I think only the one year or two years I didn't have a nose cone on mine, and we just went to the nose cone, and then everybody ran the nose cone, and then they called it the cow catcher. It was a G back then. It was a G man. My days was a G man. Well, they still they're still running the G man. Uh, you look at uh, Gary Lawson. He he had the big G man name on the front of his. Uh, I believe Tony Nielsen. Catcher. Yeah, in front of his cow catcher. <laughs> Uh, I believe his was this G man as well. So yeah, it's still, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see, uh, some guys just did CIK. Okay. Um, you know, you got, I, I'll get into some of the names, um, later. Um, some guys, you know, had two carts, one for CIK and one for, with the big cow, you know, cow pusher. (laughs) Catcher. (laughs) Cow catcher, cow pusher. Can't, you can't push a cow. I don't think you knock it off is what you do. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know that I know that the year that I ran 206 senior, I was the I, I was the, the best finishing driver without the cone on, and it was probably it had to have been worth two probably two tenths of a second, maybe a little more, because I was well, I I struggled to stay. It was me, Scott Bards, and Cal Stewart, and I did everything I could to stay in their draft because they both had the the big the big nose cone on. Well, here, here's the way you look. Like I said, guys had two carts yeah. to race, one CIK and one to do the regular Briggs classes. Mm-hmm. So I think you didn't get the big amount of numbers that they thought they were going to get with just CIK bodywork because it it would you would have to you would have to bring two carts essentially in order to do multiple classes because as you said, nobody nobody believes that you can be just as quick with with CIK bodywork only I don't as compared. Can. I think I think on a track like Rock Island, in my personal experience, because it's such a high speed track where you're pretty much flat out all the way around in the Briggs, I think it's definitely the aerodynamics alone are definitely worth a tenth or two. That would be my opinion, based on being on the racetrack as the only as, yeah. as the only guy in the top ten, but they didn't and, have one on. Right. So so yeah. So that that kind of stops people from being able to do it. Um, just like uh, a Jesse Clossy, uh, he was able to. He had two carts there. Um, but, but the, the example I really want to use is the guy who actually won the event, which was Evan Stammer. Uh, Evan was able to use his Margay Ignite cart 
basically wow. change out the Ignite tires for the R60B tires that were required in this class and all the other Briggs classes and go out there and race in this class. So just a change of the tires was all he had to do. So Ignite drivers had the ability to really do four classes if they wanted to, uh, if they were a master's driver. So I could have added this one, but that would have been more work and it would have been a pain in the, pain in the butt to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. And, you. and at least this way, David, you're able to say who won because you, you wouldn't have been in that lead group. So it's nice to know that. Yes, I was able to watch it. I wouldn't have been in this lead group because there were fast guys in this one as well. Uh, <laughs> Justin Wishard, another guy who had two different carts, uh, was was uh, able to win in the heat race. And you know, for for being the first class, for first year of the class, it was a great battle up front. Probably one of the great finishes we had. Um, as Stammer was able to make a last lap pass for the victory uh, over Wishard. Uh, Jesse Clossy was able to come across in third. So we had we actually had a top three within probably half a second there. Uh, but Clossy was penalized for last lap contact with Ethan Dietrich. Uh, so that moved Ashton Wheeler up into the third spot. But uh, again, Stammer was able to go from his Ignite cart, would use his Ignite cart, swap the tires out to uh, the, the Hoosier how do you say Hoosier? Come on. I want to hear you say it. Cause I heard it in the commercial all the time. I say Hoosier. Okay. That sounds better than what, what do you it say? It sounded worse in the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounded like you had three different syllables there. So do you say Hoosier? No, I don't Hoosier? say he, I say Hoosier. Like Hoosier daddy. Hoosier. <laughs> That's it. That's that how I say kidding. it. So, right. so yeah, he, you know, to go to, uh, from the Ignite tires over to the, uh, the R60B tires that everybody else was using a uh, great way to do it. So that maybe that might be, uh, you know, something that Margay might look at with doing with some of their Ignite guys, yeah, uh, next true. year. So, yeah. and again, I think you'll have, you might see some more guys do it. I know, um, every, some people were trying to get, uh, Nelson to do it. Um, but he was, uh, he was already maxed out at 10, I think. So he would have, yeah, he would have had to have so. four carts there because again, he didn't have, or he could have done his ignite cart with different tires. So I don't know. True enough. We'll, we'll see how that class goes because I think that's the one thing that we're seeing now is, is the, uh, the cow catchers are going away. Um, there it is. The cup carts, North America categories that, that do allow the open body work. Uh, the numbers are not what they used to be. Cause everybody's kind of moved over, over to the CIK body work. So, um, Rock Island and, and Quincy are, I think, and I, maybe Elkhart are like the only three cat, uh, big one-off events that, that still allow, uh, the big nose pieces. All right. Uh, David, let's, uh, let's jump into shifter masters. This has always been a, a class that I really like to watch. You got some great names of guys that have been around a long time. Give us the lowdown of what happened in shifter masters. Yeah, it, it was kind of going in. It was like, is Lance Lane going to be able to pull off that fifth uh, victory at the Rock? Uh, yeah. He's already won four times in the category. So if you were a betting man, you were kind of putting your money down on Lance Lang because I I never bet well with Scott Barnes. I always bet against him, especially when I'm driving. And he proved me wrong in, in Shifter Masters because uh, he was able to sweep the weekend. Uh, the Bermuda driver was able to score the win in the heat race. And was able to get out, get grab the whole shot at the start of the feature, and lead all all uh, twenty laps, I think twenty laps, uh, with Lance Lane and Jason Campbell right there putting the pressure on him every single lap. And and Barnes didn't flinch, kept the pace going, 
and uh, was able to win his uh, fourth career victory at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Good for him. Uh, based on your notes as well, fourth different winner in the last four years for Master Shifter. Again, that's, uh, again, great parody, and it just speaks to the fact that we get a lot of really strong Master Shifter drivers coming up to this event. Yes, definitely. I mean, we, and we used to even get uh, great Tag Masters drivers as well, too. Uh, I know true. a lot of, you know, maybe five or six of the entries in Tag Senior were probably Masters eligible. So, uh, you know, I think if, if we can get some of those Masters guys back going again, too, uh, that could be another possibility as well. Because we've seen, you know, Ethan Wilson and, and Anthony Honeywell and some other guys that have come out to do both Masters categories. Yeah, I ran uh, I ran the Tag Master back in the day in the, in the mid-2000s. It was such a good category. You know, we're getting 20, 25 guys in the class at times. Uh, I would love to see the Tag Master class I, come back. Because the Rock Island, uh, Rock Island is just a really cool event for Masters guys who get it, right? Because Masters guys, I know I know senior racing is great and everything, but but Masters guys are all about, they're there to have a good time and enjoy the sport. And that's why Rock, Rock Island and everything around Rock Island is so much about that. That's why I've always thought it's such a great event for Masters drivers. Oh yeah, you got look. You look at Christopher Rock and and uh, Tim Hannon. They were both there racing yeah. Matt Shifter Masters. They this was their second straight year there. They they even brought like two or three more people to come race with them. So I think as they keep coming back, they'll bring more and more. And and as you said, they're just there to have a good time and 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 to race. Dave, let's complete this set segment. Speaking of Masters, let's talk about Masters carts themselves. Uh, as you set off the top. Uh, a really good increase in terms of the, the the vintage drivers, a full 22 drivers running vintage. Yeah, it was really cool to see uh, over 20 vintage uh, carts there on the weekend. Again, they they kind of set up in their own spaces in the paddock, and and uh, it's a very unique um, opportunity to see a lot of the uh, carts that are older than I am, probably some that are maybe even older than you. Uh, yeah, some. Just a few, not too many. Uh, Not many. <laughs> to be able to go out and, uh, and to make some laps there. Um, it just for their heat races, heat races, it just started to sprinkle a little bit, but they were able to keep going. Uh, and then, uh, as, as I said, they were broken up into two race groups. Uh, open was the first one. It basically was, uh, your dual engine carts. Uh, Sean Welt was able to win both the heat race and the feature in that category. Uh, the second group was made up of Yamahas and McCullough's. Uh, Marty Weston was able to win in Yamaha, which again, I love the sound of Yamaha pipes because all these guys have bored out Yamahas that are not stock basically. And, and pipes that have probably gotten a little bit of work done to them as well too. So I love hearing that sound because I, you know, Yamaha pipe, as you know, you, you as well too, started out with that. Yeah. I ran Yamaha pipe. I did. Yep. So, uh, uh, Mark Diella was the Mac winner in the heat race, but Dave Fisher was a winner in the main event. Now, hold on. Good little note that I heard about here too. Did, did Becky Rasmussen go driving? That is correct. So the <laughs> long time turn five marshal, uh, Becky Rasmussen was given a Briggs, basically an open Briggs cart, flathead Briggs, uh, to run in the Yamaha and, and Mac race group. Uh, it was the first time ever to uh, to actually make laps at the race. I believe it was uh, the heat race coming around for her first lap. She 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 spun it into the barriers in turn six, so we all got to see her uh, spin out for the first time ever in her first lap. Uh, but uh, but she was able to keep it under the rest of the time, 
and uh, and to complete the uh, the main event uh, to grab her first checkered awesome. flag. That is awesome, Becky. Of course, one of the the core people uh, that make this Rock Island Grand Prix uh, happen each and every year. Uh, Becky and her sister Debbie, very good friends of us here at eCardyNews.com, and I was. I was uh, I was pleased to hear that she actually got behind the wheel. That was really really cool. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, I right, got folks. a couple. It was great on the grid for the main event. Uh, her yeah. and Debbie s- sitting posing uh, next to the cart for photos with Roger taking them. So you got you have you have the three key figures of the event all just you know soaking it in as racers themselves. It was pretty cool. Uh, I love it. That's awesome. All right, guys, after this final break in the action, David's going to come back and wrap up the race report again, brought to you today by PSL Karting. Briggs 206 Masters, Open Shifter, and Margay Ignite Masters to cap off our race report. From there, we'll go to the wrap-up, and then we'll look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar for the remainder of the 2019 season. Hard to believe that we are coming into the stretch run here for this year's calendar. But again, after this break, we'll cap off the race report. The 2019 season has been an exciting year for Rock Cup USA, and the schedule is set to close out its biggest event on the calendar, Rock the Rio. Rockers will converge on the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas to celebrate Halloween week, competing at this premier international event on October 28th to November 2nd, all around a challenging temporary circuit with the Las Vegas Strip in the background. Rock Cup USA programs are wrapping up their 2019 seasons across the country, including the Rock the Rockies in Colorado, Rock Sonoma, and California Rock Championships in California, and many other clubs across North America. Learn more about the Rock the Real event and all things that are rock at rockcupusa.com. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are used as the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, the Route 66 Sprint Series, the Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium HCI Red, the soft FC Yellow, or the Super Soft Green YZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. If the dream is IndyCar, Set your target on the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three rungs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis, 180 horsepower, and paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the newly named Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung of the Road to Indy, formerly known as Pro Mazda. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tatus PM18 becomes an incredible racing machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Dallara IL15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. 
This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2019 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Spencer Piggott, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Ed Jones, Mateus Laced, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and 2018 Indy Lights champion Pato Award. Recent graduates, like Kyle Kirkwood, are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, there's only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. It's the 55th edition of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us a full breakdown on the Rock Island Grand Prix, the Labor Day Classic. Uh, David, again, this race report uh, brought to you by PSL Karting. Let's have a look at Briggs 206 Masters. Who was able to master that category? Well, as you said, there have been really only two names that have dominated these uh, Briggs and Yamaha categories. This one happened to be Gary Lawson. Uh, Again, Gary racing in his fourth class on the day. Uh, DNF in the second, won the first and third and added a third victory in the fourth in 206 Masters. This actually being his first time ever uh, racing in the Masters category at Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, The heat race was completed with a little bit of sprinkles going on, so the track was a little bit slower. Uh, (laughs) Race director Terry Riggins was questioning whether to to start the event. I'm like, dude, you still have the track. Let's go. Let's get these these guys out there because... If you don't get them out there, they're not going to get this race in. So uh, luckily, they were able to get their race in before the rains really got uh, heavy. Uh, Gary was able to win that heat race. And again, uh, just driving away uh, um, in the in the main event uh, to lead um, all 25 laps on the, on the weekend for a clean sweep and getting his third victory on the day, 28th overall. Uh, the margin of victory was 3.6 seconds over Tony Nielsen and Jeff Dolian. Here's the question. Gary Lawson, 28 wins. Uh, may, will he be back? We don't know. Is there, is there a draw to get hit the number 30? I, will, I think we'll get into that a little bit later. All right. I love it. I love it. All right. Open shifter, David. We talked about uh, King of the Streets already. The, the key, of course, at the Rock Island Grand Prix is always to offer more than one category for a driver to run. So if you come up with a shifter, you're, you're not going to have to run just King of the Streets. You, you, you could run that master shifter. Or you can run the open shifter category. How do things go in open shifter? It was very familiar. Uh, again, up front, it was Race Liberante scoring the heat win and then driving away to the victory in the main event, leading all 20 laps of the event. I think I wrote 15, but I think it was 20. Um, Rory Vanderster was climbing his way up from the back with fast laps of the race, but was his engine decided to, uh, to call it quits uh, on lap 13 uh, after he had just gotten into the second spot. So that gave uh, the runner-up position back to Austin Wilkins with uh, Devin Smith-Harden scoring the third-place position. So good run for a good, good weekend overall for Liberante. Yes, definitely. This was uh, the third straight year that we had the same driver win King of the Streets and Open Shifter. So race Liberante okay. this year, 
Rory Vanderster last year and Austin Wilkins uh, in 2017. Okay, final category. Margag Nightmasters. David, you were close enough to the front to probably talk about what was going on. Not that close, but I kind of have a general consensus. Well, the first couple of laps. Yeah, first couple of laps, yes. I could I could actually see the leaders. That is correct. Um, I saw the actually eventual winner right next to me at the start because he got a little bit shuffled back. Uh, heat, heat race winner Tony Nielsen was uh, started, I think, fourth because of the passing points and didn't get quite off the line as, as well as he had hoped. Uh, a little contact shuffled him nearly into my side pod and I gave, gave him enough room because I knew I didn't want to ruin his race. Uh, you know, no sense in crashing out one of the best drivers in the field um, right there at the start where the officials are staring, right? Couldn't you have hooked on, hooked, hooked I, on a latch I, or something like that? You know, just a little, I kind of did, but he bar. went one way and I went the other as soon as we got into turn one, um, as we were trying to get around a couple other guys. Uh, but yeah, so he was basically, he got to fifth, I believe at the start, uh, after that, uh, opening launch skirmish and uh, drove his yep. way forward to uh, towards the front. And uh, just once he got there, uh, pulled out to a one second advantage to score his third win on the day and 20th overall at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, he was able to get by Pete Vetter and Jeff Dolian towards there at the end of the race. 20 wins for Tony Nielsen. Pretty impressive. And as you said, Pete Vetter, a winner already uh, on the day, and, and Jeff Dolan coming home in the third spot. There is your race report, folks, for the Rock Island Grand Prix. A lot of categories. Took a lot for David to rock his way through that. David, as always, in the wrap-up, you got a couple of little things you kind of want to bring in a little bit. Let's start with the Constructors' Championship breakdown. Which brands were able to grab, uh, at least lead the way? Which gra- brands were able to grab race wins? Well, Tony Nielsen and Evan Stommer and Gage Rucker, those three drivers were able to help Margie get four victories on the day. Now, those four victories do not count uh, any of the Margie categories because, again, that's only Margie only. Uh, so these four wins were all in the Briggs and Yamaha divisions. Uh, Comet, the, the Comet Eagle, was able to score three victories with uh, Gary Lawson at the helm. Uh, yeah. Comp Cart earning two with Race Liberante. Uh, GP earning one with Scott Barnes, Praga with Tim Getch, and the Expree with Austin Wilkins. All right, we uh, we talked a little bit about about Gary Lawson. I had mentioned that uh, twenty eight career wins now at the Rock Island Grand Prix. He's the all time win leader uh, for the event twenty fifth anniversary uh, race. What are your thoughts? What, what's uh, what, how did things go afterwards? Talk a little bit about about Gary Lawson. Well, we had just started recently going to the award ceremony. I think it was 2014, maybe might have been the first year yeah. we went because we, I think we went because I was top five in both races and uh, you, you might've been some, one of the positions I can't, oh, I think you might've been second that year in Briggs Masters. Fourth that year. I think I finished fourth. Okay. Anyway. So, you know, it, it's something new that we've been doing is just, you know, kind of going there and have, having a good time, being able to bench race with, with a lot of the, uh, the racers that were there that we haven't been able to see throughout the weekend. Um, but everybody's able to, uh, to give a speech when they, when they get their checks or get their rock trophies, uh, depending on where they finish. Obviously, Gary Lawson picking up three rock trophies uh, was able to talk a bit. Um, his, his, um, his first rock in the Tr- Travis DeVrent uh, Memorial Race uh, was very emotional, uh, as we have seen um, every year since uh, the, the, the race was uh, named in his name. Um, 
it was, you know, you, everybody sees Gary as a, as a bulldog. I think you'll be one, he'll be one to say so yeah. for sure. Um, he, he, he has a bulldog mentality, but, uh, he's very, it was very emotional, uh, being a former racer against Travis. Um, so it was kind of good to see that side of, of Gary. Uh, but really what it was, was I think that weekend was just an, uh, a chance for him to, to enjoy the event with his family. Um, he was there with his wife, along with son Hayden, who's five, and uh, his daughter McKenna, who just celebrated her fourth birthday on the weekend. So they actually celebrated her birthday in the pits uh, throughout the weekend. Had uh, you know cake and a number of decorations all, all over their tent and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. during his, during his last uh, Rock Trophy speech, he kind of mentioned that uh, you know he he had his son Hayden with him to get the get the trophy. Uh, and kind of just mentioned that, you know, a lot of his focus away from the Comet cart sales and Comet racing engines, uh, side of things that is going to be towards Hayden's racing, uh, who's turning five and, and racing okay. kid carts. Like so, that. um, you know, who's to say 12 months from now where Gary's going to be at, uh, as far as racing rock Island again. But I think for now he's, he's, I think he's yeah. settled with, uh, winning 28, getting it, being able to enjoy it with his family once and, uh, getting up to 28, but you know, there's that 30 mark, maybe that, maybe that might lure him back, uh, next year. So again, I think we'll have to wait till, till the last weeks of August to see and kind of gauge where, where Gary's at, uh, as far as participating at the, uh, 26th Rock Island Grand Prix. What if we get to like the 35th Rock Island Grand Prix and it's Hayden Lawson versus Gary Lawson? Well, I think that has a big, that's a big factor for sure. I um, like that. You know, again, that, that'll be pretty interesting. So uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, you, you see, no, you I see a either. lot of father sons racing against one another, the Scott family for one, Agreed. Riley and, uh, and uh, Jeff, yeah, Jeff yeah. races his daughter as well too. Uh, his daughter races. So, um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, you see, you do see it a lot more at rock Island because again, it's, it's a lot of grassroots racers. It's a lot of, uh, families that get together to come and, and race and have a good time. So I wouldn't put it past them. All right. They, uh, Dave, let's move on from Gary to, to Tony Nielsen. He, he, uh, he raced in what nine or 10 races on the weekend. What's, uh, how did, how did things look for Tony Nielsen? Tony Nielsen completed nine of the 10 races that he raced. Wow. Uh, again, that one DNF in Margate night two, uh, was the only race he did not finish. And I believe that includes all the heat races as well too. Um, so essentially he went, uh, 19 of 20 in all the races that he competed in. Uh, but the main event wise, he scored, uh, three victories, two runner up finishes and four fourth place finishes. So, a really good batting average, uh, as you look at it that way. Uh, so again, Tony remains one of the, uh, the rock Island favorites, uh, year in and year out. Again, you have All that, auto- you have that autograph session, uh, before that Briggs heavy class. And he's probably one of the most popular, uh, drivers there being a, 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 a local quad cities area guy. Uh, he's definitely a hometown favorite, but again, he's also the guy that, uh, that everybody wants to beat when they get there at rock Island. David, let's wrap things up. Uh, what was the atmosphere like at Rock Island this year? Well, again, it's it it's it's fun being there. Uh, you know, as the day goes on, it's a long day. We, I mean, we had our drivers meeting on Saturday at seven fifteen, and I don't think we left. I left the trailer or the Margate pit until like maybe seven thirty. Oh, wow. uh, so it makes okay. it a long day. 
Um, as well as Sunday too, we have, you know, six, I think 17 different main events that took place. Uh, luckily we did get that done on time. So we were done about five 30, which, which was good. Um, overall the atmosphere, uh, in the paddock was positive, you know, people just there enjoying themselves. Um, you know, we only had those two major wrecks. Um, so there wasn't a lot of, uh, uh, worries about, uh, uh, over aggressive driving as we had seen in a couple of years past. Um, that. So that, that part was good. Um, what was, uh, the, what, what was, okay. Keep the going. one, the sure. one thing that was kind of lacking though, and, and it's probably because it's the old guy in me that wishes the Travoltas were still there. Um, but there <laughs> yeah. wasn't, there weren't bands outside. They had a couple, obviously all the bars that are there on, on second Avenue were still, we're still going. There's a couple new ones, a couple old ones that shut down. Um, Steve's old time tap was busier than crazy Sunday night because it was the only place that had food. Um, because we know Bennigan's doesn't do <laughs> well of a job with, with, right. with, with their, uh, their food processing. Um, but, no. uh, yeah, so Sunday night was, was basically all racers there. It's, um, it's really a lack of locals there, you know, as you know, when we first started going there, they had the Travoltas going and you're talking anywhere between 300 to 500 people in and around that area. Um, enjoying nightlife, just having a good, a good time, a lot of positive, uh, a real positive atmosphere. Um, Saturday it's, it was kind of lackluster. I don't know if they, if they were how to show, but, it, and it got canceled because of the rain or, or what, but it just, it just didn't seem like there was a lot of people there all outside of racers, which in turn is still fine. Um, you know, it was good to hang out with all the regular crew. Um, had some new people join us as well. And, uh, you know, we were able to rack up Josh, Josh Lane's credit card on a lot of drinks. I saw some pictures that some shots were taken. (laughs) So that's, there's no, there's no more fireball on rock Island. There, there's no more fireball. There's no more tequila. Uh, so we, we took care of that really well. Um, but all in all, yeah, I mean, it's still, I guess the main concern is the paddock atmosphere and it's still a positive one a lot of grassroots racers that are just happy to be there um and enjoying time at the racetrack and and enjoying the labor day weekend let's cap off this edition of the debrief and have a look forward at what we've got for the remainder of the year on the ekn trackside live race calendar today's race calendar presented by nitro cart by now you've probably heard that nitro cart the dominant force in cadet ranks now has a full-size chassis Add in the previously introduced kid cart, and now there is a nitro cart for everyone. While nitro cart will always focus on the cadet classes, all of their chassis are built with the same quality and performance as the class-leading cadet, and they are ready to win. Arrive and drive programs are available for all major events, so go to nitro-cart.com for details. All right, David Cole, essentially, we are throwing everything at the, at the wall here for the EK and Trackside Live race calendar. Normally, we look at just the coming month. But really, we have, it's call it four EK and Trackside Live events with full coverage. We'll throw the fifth wing because we're not really sure how it's going to shake down yet. Uh, in a couple weeks' time, September 13th, 14th, 15th, I'll be heading to the Texas Pro Kart Challenge Race. Final round of the Texas PKC at Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston. Always a pleasure to go see uh, Alan and Jessica Rudolph and the family. An amazing track at Speed Sports. Uh, I love going to that facility. It's going to be great. Two weeks later after that, I head west to the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, final round of the Scusa California Pro Car Challenge. That's up in Lancaster. Always a blast at, at, the, at the Lancaster Grand Prix. 
uh, Saturday night main events for both the pro shifter categories and X30 senior. We packed the place with, with fans. Uh, I always love getting up there. Week after that, David, we haven't talked whether or not we're going to do an EK and trackside live broadcast yet. There's going to be some coverage for sure, but David Cole and I back behind the wheel, August, uh, rather October 4th, 5th, and 6th, the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 3 at Newcastle. David, we will refire the hashtag beat Rob Howden, hashtag beat David Cole battle. Oh, I'm going to start it this week because I got to start training right now. Have a bowl of ice cream. Ice cream, um, maybe a walk or two in the next right, month. Uh, you know, not per okay. week. No, next month. Once a month. Uh, Once a month. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe on the second of you October. Don't pull a handy. No, maybe on the second yeah. of October, I'll go for a walk. Um, let's see what else. Uh, a bowl of Cheerios every day and pizza at least three times a week. Good man. Right. Good man. We're looking forward to it, folks. The Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals fast becoming the biggest four-cycle-only karting event in, uh, well, say, let's say North America because almost 200 entries last race uh, for, for round number two or, or edition number two. Hearing so much uh, uh, news and, and excitement from people coming up from Canada, from other parts of the country. They're potentially going to, you know, they're looking to potentially hit 250 entries, but they are capping the classes at 40. So... What did they just, did they just add another class, David, if I'm not mistaken? Well, I talked to Greg, who was racing at Rock Island. He said okay. in the first two days of entry, they had nearly a thousand or a hundred racers enter. So, wow. uh, they're already at a hundred entries. Okay. Um, they so- did, they, they have, they have added a second CIK class. So CIK heavy is added to the category or added to the program. So you have kid cart, sportsman, junior, uh, both um, senior open body works. You have the two CIK classes and then masters, uh, which is CIK body work only as well. So eight categories, um, all capped at 40. That leads to 320 drivers. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't put 250 out of the question. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, October 4th, 5th, and 6th, if you're a four-cycle driver and you want to go have some fun, the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 3, Newcastle Motorsports Park. David Cole and I will both be there. That'll be CRG Nordam for me with uh, LSR Motorsports with Marshall Martin. I will be with uh, PSL Karting on a Ricardo with Mark Steele, Uh, and they're actually going to they're going to raffle my card off afterwards, which I think is cool. I'll drive it, get a raffle ticket. You can win that go kart. I might I might even throw in for that. You might throw in for that. Well, if I after Um, I do beat you, you know, it'd be a nice momentum because I probably won't win the race. So at least I can get, you know, if I win the cart, I can put it up as a trophy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That'll be, that's actually my last karting event until the super nationals. Uh, David, you'll be heading to the WK manufacturers cup series race, the finale at Newcastle motorsports park the following weekend. So back to back weekends for you at Newcastle, but WK man cup capping off their, uh, their program for 2019. Yeah. Mike Adams is going to love me those two weeks. I have no doubt. You might as well just move in with them for a weekend. Uh, Yeah, I might. Final race of the year, as always, folks, uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, November 2021, 22, 23, 24, Supercarts USA, Super Nationals number 23 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Again, right there at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino. Thrilled to be back again. We're putting together our program for our EK and Trackside live coverage there. Uh, I will confirm it, but I would expect we'll be back on Facebook Live like we were with Scusa last year. 
just a, a tremendous event. Great way to cap off the year. David Cole gets another shot at a couple times at in and out Burger. That'll make him happy. Uh, otherwise, man, we're looking forward to getting back to Vegas. Super nice. A, a couple. We're talking like six times, I think. You going to go deep again? Got to go deep. Got to right. yeah. It's Vegas, baby. I'm turn. I'm 40. I got to go deep. Yeah. <laughs> that is the EK and Trackside Live race calendar. Five more races still to go to cap off the 2019 season. Uh, we'll look to 2020 at, after that. Schedules, of course, all starting to come together and get locked in. But five more races for us, for David Cole and I. It's amazing because I think we ended up with 22 or 23 total on the season. David Cole, we're done for this edition of the podcast. It was a long one, but with uh, 17 classes at Rock Island, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about, uh, but again, another fun fun weekend at the Rock Island Grand Prix in, in the Quad Cities area. Uh, looking forward to 2020 Rock Island Grand Prix. Should be uh, there might be some changes. There might be uh, different uh, scenarios. I, I really I might throw in the the option of doing that that double heat race thing, like uh, almost like what King of the Streets did. I really I really enjoyed it, and it threw something different uh, at competitors. So uh, you know. It, we might have to revamp the the class structure a little bit. Maybe get rid of the uh, the second races, and or maybe have to bump up the entries by like maybe twenty five or fifty dollars to 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 uh, to cover that. But um, I I I don't know. Again, it's it is it was the same old same old. We I looked at that other section that's not being used. I'm like, oh, that would have been so cool. Um, so, but again, still, it's Rock Island Grand Prix. It's it's fun on and off the track. Uh, and it's a, it's just a great weekend to be part of good stuff, folks. All right. So in future stuff here on the EK and radio network, look for an interview with Greg Jasperson from cup cards, North America. We, we're going to have a, have a chat for one of our industry insiders. Uh, Greg and I, of course, talk about the, the, the C, uh, the cup cards, North America, grand nationals, a lot of information to get out to people. So we'll make sure we, we pin Greg down for a podcast. I've got another book at podcast two of them actually that I'm working on. Uh, getting scheduled. So look for more content coming on the EKN Radio Network. But if you have not downloaded the EKN Radio Network app on your mobile device, please do so. And make sure to go to iTunes or Google Play. Subscribe to the EKN Radio Network so you can get all of the podcasts, everything we do here on EKN Radio. Folks, we're done here for this edition of The Debrief, episode number 55. David Cole giving us the full rundown on Rock Island. On behalf of David, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. (laughs) 